I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It seems like we have waited, oh, I don't know, an entire offseason this time for the Tampa Bay Lightning to restart their regular season. They host the Nashville Predators tonight at Amley Arena. Game one, it's a uh, first of a triple header on television, 5.30 p.m. Uh, puck drop. And, Steve, for the first time, I would say this is just my opinion, and it, it, it is not certainly based on anything but a, but my feeling about this team. And that is, for the first time in, I'd say, four years, you're kind of starting the season, correct me if I'm wrong, with without maybe the expectation that, you know what, this is a Stanley Cup hockey team. And I guess the biggest reason might be simply because Andre Vasilevsky is not going to start the season. He's going to miss at least, I guess, two months. But it seems different. Like something seems different about this year's anticipation than the previous four. Well, I think externally that may be true. I think Mm -hmm. internally they believe this is a Stanley Cup team. I don't think there's any player on this team that doesn't believe that. Okay. When you still have the core of Stamkos and Kucherov and Point. And Sergachev and Hedman and Sorelli and Chernak and go down the list. Most of those players still in their prime. I know people think this team is aging. And yes, Stamkos is 33. Hedman. Hedman will be 33 later this year. Nikita Kucherov just turned 30. But everybody else is in their mid to late 20s. Like, I mean, they're still in their prime. Yes, they've lost some some older guys over the years. Ryan McDonough and Alex Kalorn is now in Anaheim and Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon and Corey Perry and you know go mm-hmm. down Barkley Goodrow, Blake Coleman over the years, Yanni Gord. You sure. know they've lost so much, which is another reason that narrative exists. But internally, this Lightning team feels they're they should win the Stanley Cup. They have all the pieces, including the best goalie in the world. Who yes, he's out for now, and he will be out for you know, the next two months or so. But he is coming back. John Cooper's made that very clear. He's coming back. Like, it, it, he's this isn't missing a season. He'll be back. But I also think that this team with, by the way, it's been 165 days since they've played a game that counted. Goodness. That's a lot of time to rest, not only physically but mentally. We've, we've talked about with Stamkos. You know, two years ago, you know, many thought his career may be finished. Like, you know, he had struggled some. And then he had a whole offseason to train, not to rehab. And he's put in maybe the two best years of his career, you could argue, since. He played every game last year, I think. Mm -hmm. And so this team has had 165 days to rest, not only physically but mentally. But also, it kind of lights that fire again. Like it, and and to think about it, with Zach Bogosian now being gone, what there's seven or eight guys left 
that won cups with this team? That's it. Now Zach Bogosian cleared waivers, has been assigned to Syracuse, probably comes back up later this week when they put Andre Vasilevsky officially on long term injury reserve. They have to save a spot for him right now for the opening day, just for salary cap reasons, as they talked about cap gymnastics. But, yeah, I mean, the guys that won two cups here, there's only seven or eight left. These other guys are coming, and they want cups. They're hungry. And, you know, the core of this team, it's been two years now they haven't won the cup. I, I think that probably drives a fire under them. And, and you know, I, nobody wanted to lose in the playoffs, particularly in the first round. But about a week or two into it, I'm sure the players were like, okay, we can use this rest. But let's use it to refuel, recharge, be ready for this year. I expect this team, unlike the last few years, to come out of the gate flying tonight. Whether they win or not, we'll see. But the last two opening nights have been pretty uninspiring for the Lightning. But you could kind of see that in training camp. Like, you could see that the fire wasn't there. You know, they had won a cup and had a short offseason, and then... The year before that was lost in the cup final and another short off season. And they were tired, probably mentally more than physically. And so I expect a better start from this. Now, you don't have Andre Vasilevsky back there. You don't know what you're going to get out of Jonas Johansson or Matt Tompkins. They've looked good in training camp. They've looked good in the preseason. And if the team puts a commitment to defense and, and, pays attention in their own end like we know they're capable of, like they've shown over the course of this this run. You know, you don't have to finish with the best record in hockey. That's not the goal of the team. They've proven that year in, year in, year in and year out. Just get in the playoffs. So as long as you don't fall far behind for these next two months until you get Vazzy back, I think they'll be okay. Well, and, and that's that would be my biggest question is, you think, or maybe you know, that the cavalry is coming, okay? Mm-hmm. That it might be two months, or will be at least two months without Andre Vasilevsky. But they've not had to play without him uh, to start a season, and for that long that I can remember. And so, I guess, Giannis Johansson, like, you don't know what you don't know, okay? Um, how much more will they have to protect him? Um, how will that change you know, the way a lot of these guys are used to playing. And you you mentioned, and it's a good point, that there's still a solid core of veterans here that, that have rings on their fingers, but a bunch of guys are hungry for them. Um, but those other guys, while they're hungry, they haven't done it. They haven't been, you know, in, in at that level. So it just feels like a team in tradition, in, in transition, rather. Mm-hmm. And... And the the strongest thing you knew about the Tampa Bay Lightning, and, and listen, they got superstars. You just named them Kucherov and Point and, you know, Sergachev and all these guys. Obviously, Stamkos, Hedman. But the even with those guys, what gave them, what gave, when I would go to a game, and I've been to plenty of them, what made me think, I didn't even pay attention to who they were playing, per se. I didn't. And it was like, oh, who they got tonight? Okay, we got tickets. Let's go. What what always made me feel like they had a chance to win every single game, regardless of whether they won the night before, lost the night before, coming off the road, um, you know, back to back. It didn't matter. 
Mm-hmm. If Andre Vasilevsky was between the pipes, I felt this hockey team was going to be better than whoever they were playing. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that you have that confidence now, at least for the first two months. I, I, I don't disagree with that. But I also know that in the regular season, you know, if you were talking playoffs, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you need Vasilevsky in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you need game breakers, and he's a game breaker on the defensive end, on the goalie end. And he's the best in the world. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, to hold on for two weeks in a re- or two months in a regular season, and, and you've got a young goalie, and, and young, although he's like 28 years old, just young right. in NHL experience. Maybe an experience in yeah. NHL, yeah. Yeah, he's not like he's not like a 21-year-old goalie coming in and, and playing. No, he's played a lot of hockey. He has. And Matt Tompkins, too. He's played over in Europe in that. That... You know, you don't need them to be superstars back there, particularly if the team decides they're going to put an emphasis on defense and not, you know, sometimes sometimes that this team has taken chances because they know Vasilevsky's behind them. Because I know if I turn the puck over, he'll stop it on the other end. Sure. You know, they probably need to watch that a little more right now. But I also think you've got a couple other things in this team that's going to help. The fourth line is going to be completely different. You don't have Maroon, Perry, and Belmar. And they, there's a lot of things those guys do well. A lot. And if they get the puck below your blue line or below your, your goal line, they can hold it down there forever and, and create opportunities. But if you got the puck from them going the other way, you know now you really need a Vasilevsky behind you. They have a fourth line now that can skate. Like the team speed of this of this team is a lot different. With Glenn Denning and Tyler Mott and and Marilla, who's made the team, and you know Connor Sheary, I mean these guys can skate. You know that there's so many things that Pat Maroon and Perry and Belmar did well for this team. Skating was not one of them yes, at the end yes, of their careers, both on know. and off the ice. But right at the end, and and you know Maroon was always a little slower. Belmar too. Perry last year was noticeable how much slower he was. Right. And he was turning 38 years old. I mean, you know, Father Time catches everybody. Yes, it's undefeated. Yes. Or so they tell me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I think you're going to see it's going to look a lot different in that regard. I, and I, you also have a, a face-off specialist. Luke Glendening is one of the best face-off guys in the NHL. Like, the Lightning have never had that before. He can do other things, too. But his he's, he's near 60% on the face-off dot. He's one of the best in the NHL and has been for years. Like, you go on a penalty kill, he's probably going to be the first ones over the board to take that face off. He might even... Well, that, that's going to help your goaltender a lot, too. Ab- I mean. Absolutely. And yeah. You get a, a face off in your zone, who's going to go out there? Glenn Denning. Right. Glenn Denning, yeah. Like, you know, and if you're winning six out of every ten of those, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to do a lot better. I mean, you know, in the past, they're putting Stamkos out there in the penalty kill. Right, because he was the best face-off guy they have. So, look, you never know what's going to happen, and, and and this division has gotten better. Oh heck yeah! So, I mean, you could argue Toronto maybe a little worse than they were last year, talent-wise, but they're they're they may be the most. They're, I know they're probably the favorite in the division. Florida's lost a lot, and they have a lot injured as well. Boston's lost a lot. 
and Tampa Bay's lost some. So the four teams that made the playoffs last year from the division have all lost players. Maybe took a you know step back talent wise. We'll see how the season progresses. Buffalo, Ottawa, and Detroit have all gotten better. Buffalo missed the playoffs by one point last year. One more point, and they knocked Florida out, who went to the Stanley Cup final. You've got seven teams in this division battling for the playoffs. I'm not sure Detroit can make it, so maybe it's six. Montreal still in a, you know, further back in a rebuild. They'll probably be better this year than last year, but they're not there yet. So you've got six teams battling for at most five playoff spots in this division. Because the way the NHL does, it's top three in each division go, and then the, the two wild cards, the two best records left in, the, in your conference. So you can get as few as three teams in, as many as five. But you've got six, at least six teams battling for those spots. So that's going to be part of, you know, if you want to say treading water for the first two months, you know, just don't get behind. Well, and that's the thing. I don't think that you necessarily win a division or certainly you don't win a Stanley Cup in the first two months of the season. But could you fall? Could you dig a hole deep enough to where it would be very difficult when Vasilevsky comes back? Of course. That would be my fear. You could. That the transition just isn't as seamless as John Cooper was making. Look, John Cooper, I've ever heard his press conference. Mm -hmm. uh, And, I mean, he was... I know he's a confident dude. There's probably no more confident coach in the NHL, and I mean, rightfully so. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's a Hall of Famer already. But by the same token, he he just was, I don't know, so confident in what he's seen of both the young guys. And I will say this, and this is this is not exactly a great parallel. It just isn't. But I'm going to make it anyway. Um, you know, the last year with Tom Brady. And I'm not trying to make Vasilevsky into Tom Brady here because obviously they're mm-hmm. in different parts of their career. But the Bucks had a lot of guys that were probably there a year too long. Um, players that couldn't really practice, for that matter. Mm-hmm. The lack of team speed was palatable. You could feel it. You could see it. You could see teams taking advantage of it. Guys couldn't practice as much. And then they brought in that with still a great core of guys with rings, Mike mm-hmm. Evans, Chris Godwin, you mean go down the line, Levante David, Devin White, Winfield, you know, there's on both sides of the ball. They brought in a bunch of a bunch of young guys that that could really play. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. thing. Like it's one thing to be younger, but do you have guys that are good players? Like are they really good players? And if they're good players, it doesn't matter you know how old they are. But they brought in some young guys that could really play, but they could also practice. They could also, you know, you weren't you weren't trying to just manage them through the season. So I think when you talk about that fourth line, it reminds me a lot of the, you know, Akeem Hicks and Dominican Sues and and these kind of players that, you know, really well Golston's that couldn't go every day. We'll still on the team. But there is something to be said for youth. I mean, most professional sports is a young man's game. And and as much as, you know, they got Stamkos and Hedman and, and you know, even Cooch now is, is still in his prime but not not in his 20s, um, this might actually might actually be a good thing because what happens is it energizes the older guys. They get with the younger guys. They see the speed. They see the exuberance. They see the aggressiveness, you know, all those things. And it, it kind of gives them a little spark. 
to be honest with you. At least I've seen that in football. I don't know if that'll happen in hockey, but it can be a good thing. I think there's a couple parts of it. I think there's the 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 youth and the that, but there's also the hunger to win a cup. Sure, and, sure. You know when you they come, don't have a ring. Yeah, when you come to a team like the Lightning, who the standard mm. is the cup. Yeah, like their standard isn't make the playoffs. I mean, that's your right. Goal. No, that's, that's goal. not a good season. Right, sure. Because you can't win the cup if you don't make the playoffs. Right, but, right. Like the standard is cups. Mm-hmm. It's making it deep in the playoffs. Which they've yeah, done. I mean, they went to three in three years. Yeah, they've mean, done yeah. for a decade. You know how many conference championships have they been to in the last decade? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, I mean that this is uh, most people don't say it, but this is a dynasty. This last decade, in like, a modern day, it, it yeah. would be considered that. I mean, you're talking about hard salary cap. You know, to do what they've did. Yep. I mean, if they had won three in a row, they'd be one of the greatest hockey teams in the history of the NHL. Um, but in this day and age, I would agree with you. I think they, they were and or are a dynasty. You know, but the other part is, yes, you're, you, Vasilevsky's out right now, but the rest of the team is healthy. Right. It's just such a big part of who they've been. Now. It is. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence they started winning Stanley Cups when Vasilevsky hit his prime. No question. I mean, the goalie's the mo- like the quarterback in the NFL. The goalie's that's, the most important that's the thing. person on the right. ice. So what are we talking about here? You know, Brady comes in, they win a, they win a Super Bowl. Now we'll see that you know Baker Mayfield may get them to the playoffs or maybe even a little bit beyond. But do we pick? The, and there's a lot of reasons why the Bucks are not a good, great parallel. But you know that position, like I said, there was never a game, and certainly in the postseason, I don't think there's been a better goaltender ever um, in my lifetime. Anyway, with you know just watching hockey, which hasn't been forever, but um, he just always felt like. Didn't matter the odds. Didn't matter the games you were up or down in the series. Didn't matter. He could he could just flat out take the game. He could steal you a game, and we'll see. Look, look. Maybe the maybe maybe they they've got something in Johansson. Maybe, um, well, you know, this is this is a guy that will will emerge as a, a you know as a viable starter in the league somewhere. You know, you could think of it kind of this way, and and I don't know if it'll work out this way. Who knows? But. Think back to the season Jameis Winston was suspended for the first three games of the year. Right. And Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and outplayed everyone's expectations for a couple of games. He did. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what you – you don't need Johansson to play a whole season and be out of the right. world. Yeah, it's a third of a season. You need him to play well for two months. I mean, he's going right. to be the backup to Vasilevsky after that, but – But that's a third. I mean, that's a chunk. It is. That's, that's it is. a third but, of the but season. But he'll also – you know, I mean, Matt Tompkins is going to get some of those games. He's not going to play every game. No, that's true. You know, so – you got to get by. Mm-hmm. Now, you said Cooper's confidence level. Was that quote really for the media, or was that really for Johansson? I think it's for his confidence? players. I think it's for his players, mm-hmm. it, personally. And and yeah. he may actually feel that way because, like I said, sure. John John is not ever lacking for confidence. John is putting a lot of stock in himself as well. Absolutely. You know? Well, I, I think I think the whole team does. I mean, players have it's talked your- for years about coming here. And how welcoming it is, and how how, how great the, the core is in the room, and the leaders, and people just fit in. That's I, real. It That's absolutely real. is. I mean, you know, look at the players who leave here and how they talk about Tampa Bay. Oh yeah. I mean, to a man, it, it's all man. That was one some of the best parts of my career, no question. I mean, they they all talk about it that way, and, and it's well. I mean. You know, and I also know that John Cooper's confidence right now this year in Tanner Juneau and Mikey Asamont. He's talked about that throughout training camp. Of now they've gotten a full training camp. 
They were traded for in the middle of last season. That's hard for players. Coming into a new system, you're coming into this team where you know that the, the expectation is cups and you know the Lightning gave up a lot for you and you're trying to impress and sometimes you try to do too much and, th- and it takes a while to get settled in. We saw it with Goudreau and Coleman. When they were traded for, it was like, wh- what did the Lightning trade for the first few games? Then the COVID shutdown hit. When they came back to train for the bubble, it was now they kind of got through a training camp, and it was completely different. And we've seen that with Nick Paul. We've seen it with Brendan Hagel. No, that's, Hagel that's the example I have. Brendan Hagel and Nick Paul is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like These guys came in. Yeah, they made a contribution. Yeah, Nick was probably better the first year mm-hmm. uh, than Brandon was. But Brandon is a freaking, you know, scoring machine, you know. I mean, he's, he's like Braden Point light, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and they it took them a little while. But so if these other guys are at that point in their second year, that, that that's a huge leap for them. Well, and Cooper's talked about both of them this training camp and, and preseason have been fantastic. And, yeah. You know the differences in their in, in how they fit in the group, but in their play and their confidence, and you know, yeah. and if those guys are performing at the level that the Lightning think they can perform, you know, Tanner Janot scored twenty goals in, in Nashville two years ago. Right now, right. they're not expecting him to score twenty goals or asking him to. Although if he does, great, It'd be great. Yeah, you know, he does a lot of other things, but you know, they just need these guys to play within themselves and where they, mm-hmm. you know. It's all about finding the right pieces around that core. In a salary cap world, whether it's football, whether it's hockey, basketball, you know, the big guys are going to take a lot of your cap up, and then it's finding those pieces that fit around it. Mm-hmm. And the Lightning have been very good at finding those guys, and then when they come in, those guys excel and live up to that potential. Look, the culture is there. And, mm-hmm. and, and as long as you have a Steven Stamkos and a John Cooper and a Headman and, and, and these sort of players, your culture is built. Winning is culture. And they win more than most hockey teams or more than any hockey team over the last four years. So, I mean, that that you have to put a lot of stock in, a lot of faith in. Um, and, and, and I do I, I do think that everything you said is true. You have to have faith in Cooper, and he knows what he sees, and he likes what he sees. And like I said, sometimes, you know, you mix those older veterans with young, talented guys uh, that are hungry, it can, it, it, can, it can add an infusion of energy. You know, energy is good in sports. Energy is youthful energy is good if it's applied the right way. Um, but you can't ever underestimate what they what they're going to lose for the first two months, you know. And they just got to find a way to hang on, get points, stay in it. Um, you know, don't have a cataclysmic start uh, so that you're you know you're not trying to dig yourself out of a too big of a hole. Mm-hmm. And you're right; it's all about just making the playoffs. It's not about having the top seed or the best record in hockey. None of that stuff. It's just about make the playoffs, get your goaltender back, and see how deep you can make a run. And that that's unfortunately Tampa Bay Lightning fans are spoiled that way. It's like, wait, we're not going to go to a Stanley Cup. It's, hold on, that's breaking news. And um, so that's the expectation. But that's good. You always want those expectations. You want to be talked about as one of those teams that is going to be in the mix. And I suppose that even without Vasilevsky, that's is that is that what the national NHL media is saying that the Lightning are still viable contenders because they know he'll be back in two months. They were saying before he was out that they weren't 
Like, yeah, they're on the downslide. Like, they're a good team. They'll make the playoffs. But Oh, really? So they've been discounted before Well, well I mean, you look at, you know, it's easy from outside to go, you've lost Gord, Goudreau, Coleman, McDonough, Ruda, Yeah, I mean, it's death by a thousand you know, paper cuts. Maroon, Come on. Perry. I mean, go through the, the laundry list of, of guys they've lost over the last few years. Especially, you know, when we talk about what, there's eight guys left from the cup win? And then, you, and then you look and see what those very same players have done in the contributions they've made to their new teams, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you also look at Braden Point last year scored 51 goals. It was the quietest 51 goals It was goals a very nationally. quiet 51 goals. And, and not, only, not only that, <laughs> he didn't have an empty net goal till goal number 51. Those <laughs> no, first stupid. 50 were all in he the had course to earn of all play. of them, I know. Like, I know. you know, I mean, Alex Ovechkin, tremendous goal scorer. I'm not taking anything away. But how many empty net goals does he get a season? Yeah, right. And and others. And Stamkos has. And I mean, you know, every goal scorers get those. But Point last year had 51 goals, and, and it wasn't until the 51st goal that he have an empty net goal. Like, I mean, that was a legit 50 goals, and no one talked about it. Because they focus on Vasilevsky and Hedman. And by the way, I True, think Hedman. Off. I, 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 you know, I don't know what was wrong with Hedman last year, and, and oh, I'm convinced he was hurt the whole year. He was definitely, he definitely had something ailing him. Yeah, early in the year, they just didn't give any uh, as many minutes. Right. I, you know, I would hope that, assuming he's healthy, he's going to be Victor Hedman this year. Right. Right. That you know that Norris Trophy finalist Victor Hedman. Sure. Sure. They need that. You know. And Mikhail Sergachev keeps taking steps up. And so now your decor looks better. And if Nick Perbix and Darren Radish take further steps. I mean, that mm-hmm. was the big surprise last year. Perbix was great, yeah. I mean, both both of them. I mean, the right side of the defense, you were going, who's going to play this? And all of a sudden, Perbix and Radish, neither one on the opening day roster last year, by the way. Yeah, I know. And, and you know, now now you look at your right side of the defense, you're going Chernak, Perbix, Radish. Zach Bogosian's your fourth right side defenseman, which is why you put him on waivers this week, to send him down to Syracuse. And he cleared waivers. Now, most likely he'll be back when when Andre Vasilevsky goes on long-term injury reserve. But, I mean, you know, he, he got demoted to fourth, the fourth defenseman on the right side because of that, because of their play. So, I, look, hockey is a – we know it's the hardest trophy to win come playoff time. This team and with this core, you just got to get to the playoffs. And if Andre Vasilevsky has an extra two months of rest and plays less games this season before the playoffs and they get in the playoffs, that can be a very good positive. Well, no, mentally it's going to help him, no but question. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's he's already refreshed by by having an, an off season for the first time in, mm-hmm. in four years. Well, but, and yeah. he talked last year about how mentally and physically he was tired. Yeah, he went about 30 games and he hit the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now he so, should be really rested when he comes. Now out. he'll miss thirty games, no. and he can start. So you know, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, look, they're they're at home. It'll be a, it'll be a great crowd. They do a great job with opening night ceremonies. Uh, there might there's always some surprises. I mean, I want to go to this game. I don't I don't know that we're going to make it, but I love opening night. I think there's nothing like it, and the Lightning do such a get great game day presentation. So I would just say. As always, get in your seats early so you can watch the festivities. But um, that's one of the best organizations when it comes to to their product, you know, and their game day uh, routine and rituals. And so 
There's nothing like opening night, right? You can't yeah. you can't get past it. Well, you, it's I mean, an early one tonight too. Don't forget five thirty puck drop. Five thirty, yeah, and it's national TV. The first yep. of a triple header. It is the first game of the NHL season. So how about that? Although, Not bad. Although so, if you watch ESPN and the promos and their coverage, you'd have no idea. But <laughs> well, no, I've seen they've run the three games. At least oh, the logos run, yeah. are up. But there. the only ones they talk about is Connor Bedard and Pittsburgh. I know. And then well, Vegas and Chi- is raising the cup. They should talk about that one. And Chicago has a pretty good player, apparently. Yeah, Connor Bedard, the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right, as you mentioned. So he's 18 years old, by the way. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. 18. I got to be honest with you, and, and this this is probably more, this is all about me, but also because the Lightning lost in the first round. Until I watched the Monday night football game between Green Bay and the Raiders, I had forgotten. You You could have asked me, Name the Stanley Cup champion. I'm telling you, Steve, I'd have had needed 10, 12, 14 guesses. <laughs> I didn't realize the Las Vegas won the Stanley Cup, for Christ's sakes. They beat Florida. I mean, the Florida team's been in the final the last four years. I know. Think about that. Oh, talk about always a bridesmaid, huh? Now, meanwhile, the you know, a Canadian team hasn't won since 1993. <laughs> yeah, well, that that streak is, yeah. is bedeviled an entire continent, so... And by the way, if you're going to the game tonight, the 5.30 mm-hmm. puck drop, right. uh, there's lots of activities outside of Amelie Arena, including a free Early, concert right? by Big Boy about 3.15. Yeah. Uh, drink specials, a watch party. They're shutting down some of the streets around the arena. So if, even if you don't have a ticket, you can go watch the game there. It's a beautiful thing. But the, and the, it, and the, the weather could be nice. Oh, it's going to um, be great. And, and, yeah. and the players and coaches will be introduced, I want to say, around 5.15-ish. So if you're at the okay. game, get in there. If you don't want to see that, that, that's fine. You do not want to miss the ceremonial puck drop. Okay. We'll take your word for it. Like I said, the Lightning always have something in in store, always a surprise. I I know what it is. I can't say, but you will not want to miss the puck drop about three minutes before the puck drops. All right. There you go. Whether you're in the arena, outside the arena, in front of your television set, make sure you see the, the ceremonial puck drop tonight. Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Nashville Predators. It's hockey season. Man, took a while to get here. My my girls are excited. That's all they care about. It, football doesn't matter to them. But um, but yeah, hockey is where it's at. And uh, and hey, it's always fun. Tampa Bay Lightning have have spoiled us here locally. Um, you can have nice things when it comes to hockey, anyway. And you know, you got the Bucks at three and one. Um, the Rays still trying to figure out what they're going to do after their latest collapse in the postseason. We'll talk about that. But first. You guys already know it's hurricane season, right? Still in Florida. That that is not over. But uh, there is still time to keep the power on without breaking the bank. And that's getting solar battery backup power from May Electric Solar. Now, with with solar battery backup power, you have no fuel costs. You have no loud generator noise. You have no annual maintenance costs. Plus, May Electric Solar offers a 15-year warranty. A solar battery backup can save you hundreds of dollars each month. And if you lose power, a generator could cost you over $2,000 a week. Just to keep your house running, new solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit, or you can add a battery to your existing Emphase solar system. Trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to just get started. Call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, you know, the Tampa Bay Rays, it's been about a week or so since they bailed out of the uh, postseason, losing their two games in the home series, in the wild card. 
and that was to the Texas Rangers, who, by the way, have a 2-0 lead over the range over uh, Baltimore as we as we do this podcast anyway. Um, that said, these things are always tricky for me because it feels like if you don't win a World Series that somebody's always going to be disappointed and only one team can be happy. So mm-hmm. everybody is trying to figure out what they can do to get better, right? And yet, this was a special sort of collapse this year. And, and we can go through and won't go through the, the litany of, of injuries and all that they had. Um, and, you know, a year ago, it was, it was a terrible exit. They didn't score any runs. And, you know, the one run, the long, you know, second game and, and, and just that whole drought and things like that. And so they come back from that, they win 99. And then they basically had two, played two of the worst games they played all year. Uh, and they get swept by Texas. And so, you know, the Rays ownership, brass, what, whatever you want to call them, um, Peter Bendix and Eric Neander and Kevin Cash um, kind of got together for that post-mortem. And I got to be honest, you know, like a year ago, they talked about getting left-handed bats. They wound up not getting a left-handed bat because they uh, couldn't find one that was, you know, a good enough, acceptable deal. And it turns out they had some pretty good bats uh, from that side. But this one felt weird to me in the sense that they're kind of like, they, they have a lot of big decisions to make. And, and, you know, we'll get, we can get into that with, with glass now and, and, and some other guys, but basically it was sort of, it was a hard fall because, you know, they've made the playoffs five years in a row. And according to Neander, he, he said he didn't want to speak for everybody else. He goes, this is probably the most disappointing exit we've ever had. Remember, they won 99 games. And part of this is just the expectations that they've created. Um, but even with all the injuries, like, they never really backed down. They were never really slowed down except the, the terrible month in July. But to win 99 games with this group, you kind of go into it thinking, okay, um, we got a chance. Like, we, we're playing good baseball. We're as good as anybody in the American League. And then they run into Jordan Montgomery and Nate Evaldi, and it's over in like 24 hours. Um, and, you know, they get one run in 20, whatever it was, how many innings going back a year ago. But it just doesn't seem like they really know, at least at least a week later, sort of what direction they're going to go. They know there has to be changes. And... They know they have to keep an open mind if if they're going to get over the hump. And there's all you always every year you're going to review, like I said, whether you win the World Series or you, or you don't. Um, but they just it was interesting because in previous years they kind of said, "Hey, we need this, this, and this." This year it's kind of like they're not they're, they're not there yet. They're not really sure. In fact, Neander had a quote, and I thought this was telling. He said, "It's a bit of a game of whack a mole." And you've got to be really careful. You need to be disciplined. You've got to be careful you're not being too stubborn in your effort to be disciplined. Ever learning, ever growing. It's an interesting quote. Like It is, but I also wonder if, and I think it's more disappointing. I, the 99 wins is one thing. But it's they also set records for home runs and runs. And then they and score, score one run again in the postseason. Yeah. 
And that's in the narrative of the Tampa Bay Rays is always really good team in the regular season. Uh, can run, hit, pitch, you name it. They're going to win a lot of games. But you get in the postseason, what's the constant? They don't score runs. They just don't score runs. But I and this also, year they didn't yeah. pitch particularly well or play defense, wow. but they usually, one thing is constant, they don't score runs. But I also think there could be a little, last year we came out in our postmortem and said, we need to find a left-handed bat or bat. Which turned out not to be true. And they didn't. Yeah. So well, this Josh year, Lowe and this year know. maybe we shouldn't go out and say what we think we need. <laughs> it seems like what their approach was. You Let's know, not set uh, expectations because we may fail. Yeah. We may not get there. I mean, you know, and granted, maybe they don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they probably have a lot of decisions to make personnel wise. Well, we know they do with Glass now and some other players and, and Manuel Margot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, if you want Junior Caminero to play the big leagues, where's he going to play in the infield? Right. Right. Now, you know. Don't know if Wander Franco's back or not, but let's assume he is for this argument's sake. You're going to take Paredes out? You're going to take Wander out? Brandon Lau? You're going to take Brandon Lau? Well, maybe it's Brandon Lau that's the odd man out. Could be. You know, but I mean, those are the decisions they have to make. Manuel Margot in the outfield. You've got Randy. You've got Luke Rayley. You've got Josh Lowe. You've got I'm Siri. not sure Margot's going to be back on this club. No, I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure he'll be gone. But I mean, you know, those decisions they have to make. But... Okay, so you, Margot, because you want to bring, you know, because you've got a glut of outfielders. Maybe you want to have Junior Caminero bat more or Curtis Mead or whoever. But again, it's pretty much the same core that isn't scoring in the postseason. So what what are you going to do differently? I don't know if they know that yet. No, I don't think they do. And they certainly mm-hmm. provided zero <laughs> intel when it comes to the post uh, postmortem um, that they had on Monday. Um, but then again, you know, there's no need to declare it yeah. like they did a year ago. Well, declare, and they don't have to have the answer right now. They don't. I they mean, don't need it. Free agency mm-hmm. hasn't started yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're starting their evaluations, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. they don't have to have their plan yet, done yet. Right. Right. Uh, it, it just feels bad. It, just, it feels bad the way it ended, and I, I'm, I'm sure that they're surprised, disappointed, hurt, all those things, but... um yeah, I don't know how they're going to fix it. There will be change, though. That's the one constant with this organization, and they got a lot of guys that have been big parts of this team for years and years, some of them that played, some that didn't. Uh, that won't be Tampa Bay Rays next year, and that's sad, but it's the reality. And um, I also think a lot – look, one guy doesn't make a franchise, but what how the Wander Franco thing resolves itself is a big story here. Mm-hmm. It's a big damn story. This This is arguably – maybe inarguably, the greatest player that the Tampa Bay Rays have ever had in a lineup. Now, he has, is he at his full potential yet? Has he ascended to the point of, you know, beyond Evan Lagoria and others? Probably not yet. But from just a makeup standpoint, just a bat-to-ball, uh, you know, defensive, like all the tools, everything like that. Uh, he was leading baseball not- in war with the exception of Shohei Otani. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean, think about that. Shohei freaking Otani. So, like, this is a superstar, um, iconic franchise player that they have not had. And that guy, it's undecided as to whether or not, you know, it looks like he's going to play in the Dominican League, but it's still undecided as to whether or not, when or if, he'll be back with the Tampa Bay Rays. That's an enormous loss. Like, I don't care what offseason you begin. If that's in question... 
there's not there's not many questions that are bigger than that one, right? Just because of the impact that he has in a game and through a course of 162 games. So, yeah, we didn't get answers, but then again, they don't have the answers. I would agree with you. I think I think it's still too early to and they have an idea and they're going, you know, doing the due diligence to figure out who they want to keep and who they don't and who they spare and all that. Um but a really, you know, really tough off season for the Rays and one that 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 two game sweep, no matter what the Rangers do, just didn't feel right. Because they didn't play anywhere close to what they're capable of, and that's that's the toughest pill to swallow is not not getting beat. It's just that mm-hmm. you really were never really in it, and and that was not who they were at home. It's not who they were all season. So we'll see if those guys can get it figured out. Be Neander and, and Bendix and all of them. And By the way, do you like the best of three playoff series? Because seven of the eight in the first two years of this format have been sweeps. Um, I like it better than one game playoff. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that baseball series should be decided in three games or the the best of three games. I, I'm not even really sure that that determines the best ball club, you know. But it's better than a one game playoff. Is it all that I want? No. I think you got to play four out of seven if you really want to figure out who the best team. You could have a team that's hot. You could have a team that has a couple of injuries and can't. You know, there's so many variables that. Too many bounces of the ball can happen in a three-game series. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I like longer series, but then they can't play till November fifteenth either. You know, to shorten that, the season and expand the playoffs. They 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 should and they they could and they should shorten the season. Um, you know, if the, if all these RSN deals fall through, that mm-hmm. might be a possibility. Yeah, it'd be nice actually. I think it'd be you know, nice. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if it's be good for business but but it could be one consequence of if if a lot of these RSN deals with the Bally's and Sinclair going through bankruptcy and AT&T getting yeah. out of regional yeah. sports networks and and if that money dries up and the teams are taking it in house mm-hmm. it might it might be able to spur a shorten the regular season add more postseason for everybody to get right. money right i'd be all for that that'd be that'd be terrific i don't know any but it's just a, a thought of you know it's always been the problem with shorting the regular season is you lose out all that RSN money that local yeah, teams Yeah, that's get. true. You know, Nationals divvied up. You know, the Yankees don't want to give up 8 or 10 or 12 games on Yes Network. No. That no, impacts you, them you, a lot more than the Rays losing 8 or 10 on Bally's. Sure it does. You to can be, understand to, For a national deal that divvies up between 30 teams equally. Right, right. Because they don't have the same rev share as other sports and salary cap yeah. and floor. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how they put this thing back together and and, and which players stay and which players potentially go. But, um, you know, there's a, there's sort of a sort of a theme over these last few years, just the inability to, you know, to kind of rise to the moment. And mm-hmm. and and the the saddest thing this year, like I said, was just that they did not play anywhere near the kind of baseball that they were capable of playing and had played you know, throughout the regular season. And that, 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 that part's tough to rationalize. Yep. Like, like they said, it leaves a really tough, tough taste in your mouth. And you you know, you just want to, you just kind of want to fix it. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, before we go, I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times on TampaBay.com. Of course, Luke Gedeke getting a lot of run for this play at right tackle. He looks like that's where he belongs, which is where he belongs. He played it in college. All of that stuff. Well, uh, along comes a guy that you're very familiar with, Steve, with the Detroit Lions and Aiden Hutchinson. And this dude is a monster. He's got already got four and a half sacks this year. Made a one-handed, redunculous uh, interception the other day. That, by the way, is his fourth. He's a defensive end. Cat's got four picks already, you know? In like 21 uh, games or 22. Yeah, and 14 sacks. It, 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 his production is is off the chain. And, of course, he was the number two overall pick. Probably, I think it's clear that if they had a redraft, most sane people would take him number one overall. And, you know, so so he had a chance to talk to Luke Gattachie, who, look, Luke's going as well as anybody on the Pucks team right now. He's grading out very well at right tackle. He's not had any major, you know, hiccups. Um, and he's playing every down, and he's tough as hell, and he's good friends with Tristan Ward. So that thing, that whole thing sort of works right now. Um, and good for him. Except that, you know, each week you're going to play somebody tough. And when it comes to Hutchinson, who probably – you know, he, he leads the NFL with 30 pack, 35 quarterback pressures. Um, we mentioned the interception all that. This is a tough out, man. Like, this dude stirs the drink for them. And Gedeke praised him. He said, you know, look, that's quite a stat that he has over there. And, you know, he definitely works his tail off and, and all of those sort of things. So he started off by kind of saying that. Um, but then he, then he went a little further then I think he probably should have gone if I were coaching him. And he talked about, you know, Hutchinson's athleticism and speed. And he said, you know, that's kind of what sets him apart. But he goes, but there's a lot of elite pass rushers all over the league. And I've already faced uh, Danielle Hunter, which is with the Vikings. And I would put him above Aiden Hutchinson. And to be honest, Cam Jordan. <laughs> so, so it's like, wait a minute. Are you throwing some disrespect at my boy's name here? He goes, oh, no, not at all. He says, he's a phenomenal player. It's just that the way, that's just the way it is. That's the way I see it. (laughs) So he's saying he's already played better players. I could be wrong about this. And, and, you know, whether it's a grease board or they actually have bulletin boards these days, I think somewhere in Detroit that quote is going to make it (laughs) back to Aiden Hutchins. I'm just telling you, don't be surprised if – you know, Luke needs a little help on Sunday blocking that cat because he is a he. You, you've seen him. You saw him play at Michigan. Dude is just unblockable sometimes. He's a game wrecker. Yeah, completely. I mean, that's what you, you better need, have a tight end want. over there. You better do something. I mean, put him up with what Bosa's and I mean JJ Watt, TJ Watt. I mean, he's that, those type of player. He's in that league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they move him he all around that D line too. And he's he's. Uh, 
everything Detroit could have asked for. I mean, it was a gift that he fell to number two to them. Well, he should have gotten number one overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Harbaugh said that again the other day. Yep. That he couldn't believe he didn't go to Jacksonville number one. But it was a great get. And here's a guy that played his entire career um, in football at Michigan, which is uh, which is special. When his dad went to Michigan. His dad went to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, there's just all these, all these you know, connections. But... Um, yeah, and and you know, and it, the thing is, it's not Tristan Wirfs he's going to go up against here. Now, we're talking about Luke. Now, Luke has done well going back to his natural position that he played in college at right tackle. But you're not all pro just yet. Use the force, Luke. Yeah, right. Maybe the force be with you. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know that I'd be tugging on Hutchinson's cape right now. And like I said, that's, well, that's the only. Well, you put it out there. You better back it up now. Well, he should. And he and he said he goes look we're really confident like we know, you know no matter what how the games goes and you know we move on to the next one and um just want to be more consistent and you know big emphasis on you know trying to just do that to just you know all eleven guys doing what they're supposed to do but uh but Hutchinson's not going to have it he's not going to have any of that and uh I really believe that this is going to be an epic battle. Baker Mayfield, by the way, and this is kind of on the, on, the, on as an addendum. I know he fires up the offensive line when he when he dives into guys and he lowers his shoulder and he had that one clip of him coming up and telling the defensive back, you know, put some weight on and all that stuff. That stuff's really cool and it it plays in the locker room. But I'm just here to tell you, coaches already told him this this last couple of weeks. Baker needs to get down or get out of bounds. Like. No more of this lowering the shoulder or stiff arming or trying to win, you know, the angry run of the week. Get down, get out of bounds. It's one thing that Brady understood incredibly well after they, you know, sort of shipped them off to New England. Um, you know, he would rather, you know, he's not going to miss games. I mean, it just was not not negotiable. And and for this team, even though some people are Caltrask fans and may think that he could still do it, maybe he could if he got his opportunities, but. You don't take a three and one quarterback and, you know, put him in harm's way. And I and I just think they have to be really careful with Baker Mayfield, who is already prone to being that dude like, I'm like everybody else, watch this, I'm gonna lower my shoulder and then it's like bam, may see joint injury. So you don't want that. And and I would worry about that if I were a little bit if I were if I were coaching Baker Mayfield. So check it out in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. All right, so it's the opening night. Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Nashville Predators. We'll also do our mailbag uh, segment uh, tomorrow as well as talk about that game. You can send your mailbag questions in on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. I guess we should say not Twitter, but it's actually, what's it called now? X. X on X at NFL Stroud. Or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstein, I'm Rick Stroud, Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. 